this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. reading from the book of Hebrews. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in the passage he said, They shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David, so long afterward, And the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of of disobedience. This is the word of the Lord. All right, so it's good to be back with you. I missed you last week. Last week I was in the almost the southernmost part of the continental U.S. I was in McAllen, Texas, visiting a church there that helps support our ministry and also the church that sent Danny and Summer here uh, to work with this as well. And it was a wonderful opportunity to be there with them. I enjoyed it. Um, where's Melanie? Are you in here? So the video there, they have really good bass in their system, and it was boom, boom, boom. It was really, you would have loved it. And so um, some people are terrified by the video. Some people love it, like me. So uh, there's this ongoing expectation for a new video at some point. So um, um, tonight, I want to give you like one big message. Tonight we're going to talk about Jesus is the better rest. I think living in um, this day and age, not even just New York City in general, but just the age of always having a phone with you, it's hard to really rest. It's hard to really just pause and stop and be quiet and, and rest. And it's also hard to rest in other ways too, to where we feel like we always have to prove ourselves. It's, it, we live in a world where the expectations for us are pretty much impossible. We expect, we're expected to be perfect, and you, know, you just read the news, and there's things that are coming out 30, 40 years ago with people that are, that are not good things, uh, but they're coming out, and people are holding them to this super high standard, not realizing that you know, 30 or 40 years have passed since that happened, and maybe they're not the same person they were. And so, I mean, it, it's kind of a scary age we live in that all these things from our past can be brought to light. I know it doesn't cause me peace 
to think about all the things that I have done in the past that I'm ashamed of. But how do we find rest in this world where it seems really impossible? In this city where even just getting to work is, is stressful, um, but just the inordinate amount of people that you're, you're, you're faced with and, and the pressure of work and the, the expense of the city. And uh, there, was, there was a blog that I read, and it had some ideas as to ways that you could find rest. And I want to share a few of them with you and see if maybe you can relate to some of these. Uh, one of them was taking a road trip with your family. I laughed at that one. I was like, dude, I mean, it's enjoyable at times, but that's not rest. <laughs> I'm driving hundreds of miles, and the kids are, you know, and the dog and all these things. But anyway, but some people evidently find rest doing that. Um, starting and finishing a project was another one. I agree with that one. It feels good to start something and finish it. It feels good. Like I completed it. There are hobbies that people have. There's reading a book. There's organizing or decluttering, which, in fact, if you have clutter around you at your office or at home, go home and just knock that out and get it organized. You will feel better about it because stress or clutter causes us to stress because it, it, it leaves this feeling that you always have something that you do, need to do. So go knock that out. That, that's actually a really good one. Uh, getting a date night, you know, getting a babysitter so you can go on a date night for dinner just to steal away for some alone time and remember husbands and wives why you chose each other and why you're continuing to choose each other. That's a good way to find rest. Uh, journaling, writing things down and, and processing them. I have a, a journal that I keep, and I don't write in it often. I mean, it's, it's not really that often that I write in it, but, I, but when I do, it's usually impactful. And I was reading through it the other day, and it was so cool to see the things that were, that were stressful to me at so, many, so many years or months ago, whenever it was. It wasn't years, but so many months ago, and what was stressful to me then and how God has kind of brought me through it. And there were some things I looked at that I'm still praying for. But it was really enlightening to go through and read. And so journaling and processing can help find rest. Hiking and outdoors and fishing, you know, it's really good to take breaks from the city and go and, and spend some time in nature and then you know, get mosquito bites and, and all those things and then remember why we like the city. Yeah, we don't have to do that. There's a lot less snakes here, which I appreciate. There, Nathan does too. <laughs> Calling a friend is another way uh, to find rest. And I know that might be stressful for a lot of the millennials. They'd rather text. Uh, but actually calling them and talking to them on the phone is a, is a restful way, you know, a true friend that you can just be honest with. Uh, I was talking with uh, Jess this week, and I was saying, you know, it's kind of weird, you know, with all this texting back and forth and, and new relationships. And, and I, I wonder, you know, when my wife and I were dating, we didn't really text at that point. I mean, if we did, it was like, it, wasn't, it was before T9 was, was existing. So, I mean, you had to like, for C, you had to go two, two, two. And so they were really short texts. <laughs> and so, uh, but I, I remember just, in, you know, talking to my wife on the phone, and I just loved hearing the sound of her voice. Right? It's, it's soothing to me. I still love her voice. Uh, and, and so, you know, calling a friend, and uh, this is, no, you know, the last one is, I think you're going to get some amens on this one. Taking a nap. Right? Amen. Um, I haven't had a nap in a while, but I look forward to it. And, uh, and when I do, I'm going to enjoy it. So you can find rest. But these things, some of them are really good, and some of them, you know, maybe not as good for you, you know. But how do we find rest that's going to endure? Well, I'm not talking about just a quick break from reality and then you get back into the real world and you're still stressed out. I'm talking about a different kind of rest. A rest that you enter and you remain in. You remain in now and you remain in forever. 
It's a rest that God is promising to us. And so we have, if you have your worship folder, you can look through the notes. We'll fill in some blanks. We're going to look at, at four ways for you to be able to experience this type of rest. And, and we're seeing that Jesus is the one who, who gives us this rest, and he himself is the better rest. He's better than all of this list. Even though these, these are practical ways we can still do in our lives, there's something even better as we go through these practical things. So the number one on, on this is this. Faith is primary. Primary means initial. It, it, the very basis of this, it, it has to happen first, is uh, you have to have faith. And faith here is, is not just faith in something. And I, I think most people in the world today, uh, most of them are comfortable talking about their faith. But they're not necessarily comfortable talking about their faith in Jesus of Nazareth. They're not comfortable talking about him being the way, the truth, and the life. And so faith is the beginning of finding this rest. You have to have this faith, this activator of rest in order for us to enter into this. So it's faith in Jesus is what activates our rest because faith in Jesus connects us with him. And so now we're not isolated and cut off in our, on our own, but we're connected with him. So look with me in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, and we'll walk our way through this fourth chapter of Hebrews. If you're new here or your first time here, this is, we're going all the way through the book of Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, and we're focusing on the big idea that Jesus is better and every week he's better than something. And, and so we're, we're naming these things. And so we're, we're in chapter 4 as we've worked our way through. It says this, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any one of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them. Them there is the, the promised land people, the people that came out of Egypt, Israel. They came out of Egypt, and there was this good news, and instead of entering the promised land, they ended up dying in the desert. Um, basically, anyone over the age of 20 at the Exodus, when they left Egypt, did not enter the promised land except for two. Uh, and, and so Joshua and uh, Caleb were the two that, that entered into the promised land. Uh, the rest of them died off in the wilderness. They did, not, they did not enter the rest. And it says, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. And so united by faith here is where we understand that the faith is an action word. It, it's not something that, you know, you know, yeah, I believe that to be true, but it's something that you're placing your faith in. You believe and you trust. It's not just something that you, yeah, I believe that and I, and I go through the motions, but it's a deep trust in who Jesus is. Our faith is, is not also just in Jesus, like, yes, he did this, but it's also, and this may sound redundant, but we don't have, really have time to unpack it, but we can talk about it more as we go on, but it's, it, we're having faith in the faithfulness of Jesus. We're, our faith is in the fact that Jesus was faithful for me, that he did everything perfectly. One of the beginning, the primary parts of Christianity is to realize that we cannot attain that uh, level of perfection, that we, we are in sin, we're dead in our sin, and we cannot attain that, but Jesus did, and so our faith is in the fact that Jesus was faithful, and that's where my trust is. So now when Satan comes to you and says, yeah, but you're not good enough, you're like, you're exactly right. I'm not good enough, but my Lord is. He's more than good enough. He is better. And so it's in the faithfulness of Jesus that we place our faith for our salvation. 
So it's, it's no good, and this verse says that it's no good to just hear the good news. Uh, good news means gospel. When you see that in the, uh, the scriptures, gospel is translated to good news, and that's, the good news is that Jesus is perfect and has saved us, and through faith in him we are now saved. And so it's not just good to hear the gospel, but we must, must, <laughs> we must place our faith in it. Slow down, Daniel. The point is, without faith... In Jesus, you will never have true rest. You'll be playing games. Temporary rest here, stress. Temporary rest here, stress. You'll find ways of coping with it, whether it's addictions or or whatever. You'll you'll find ways to, to cope with it and to remove yourself from reality, but one day that reality is, that that escape is going to be over. And now you're back in the real world. What are you gonna do then? You're going to complain and endure and and just be stressed out until you can escape the next time. That's not a healthy way to live. God hasn't designed us to live that way. So you have to have faith in Jesus in order to even have the possibility of having this enduring rest. I heard a quote last week when I was, uh, actually I saw it online, but I was there uh, when it happened. But um, it was at another campus. I, I was listening to the sermon, but another pastor said it. But here's the quote. He said, it's not the thing that's keeping you up late at night that's your biggest need. You know what I'm talking about? The things that keep you up at night you can't get over? It's not the things that keep, that's keeping you up at night that's your biggest need. Your biggest need is Jesus. And I thought, that's so simple and almost like, duh, of course. But at the same time, it, it opened up something new for me. To where I realized, you know, every time I start to feel overwhelmed by something, that I really need this, I need to be reminded, no, 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 no. What I really need right now is Jesus. I mean, these are real problems. They have to be dealt with, but I can't deal with them on my own. And so for us, you know, faith in Jesus has to be primary. The second one is this. So once we have this primary foundational faith in Jesus, what do we do next? The second one is trust in God's, number two on your worship folder, trust in God's provision. Trust in God's provision. So we're going to see how there's, there's this provision that God gives to us uh, physically and spiritually. So there's a Sabbath that we uh, should be practicing in our lives where we take breaks from work and we realize that God is the one who's providing through our work because he can do more in six days than we can do in seven, right? I know he can do more in one second than we can do in seven days too as well, but, but it's, it's, a, it's a step back to realize, you know what, God is providing for me through my work. And so you're not just taking a day off and escaping, but you're Sabbathing, you're resting in what God has done. And also spiritually too, that now we don't have to play the spiritual resume game to where we're having to prove ourselves to other people or prove ourselves to God because we're trusting in the provision that God has made for us through Jesus. And so we'll talk a little more about that as we go forward. But you see this in Hebrews chapter 4, uh, 3 through 6, and you also see it in 10, but we'll cover 10, chapter, uh, verse 10 later. So here we go. It says, For we who have believed enter that rest. As he said, I, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And that was God speaking. So he's saying, God provides rest. God provides. And so although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And if we can just hold there and keep that verse up while I talk about a couple of things. So the Sabbath is what he's talking about here, and just to be clear, um, 
we as people, Jesus said, we're not made for the Sabbath. So we don't have to look at this like an obligation that, you know, as soon as sundown happens until sunup or, or sundown the next day, that we are, have to follow all these strict laws. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying the Sabbath was created for men. And so this is a time that we are designed to rest and to say, God, you are going to provide through my work. I can rest and I don't have to stress about all these things. And so there's this physical rest that we're supposed to be in, in enjoying now in the Lord. And so we don't strain for our provision. We don't have to work uh, super hard and just and be fearful. We work hard, but we trust that the Lord is going to provide through the work. For example, uh, before I went on my trip, I left and I, I was able to, I drive, I drive Uber. I'm sorry, I'm getting these a lot, but I have some really cool stories. Um, but this, uh, especially last night, I told the group beforehand, uh, right, it was it was kind of, yeah, and we, anyway. So, so, um, but the point I'm talking about now is last week before I left, I only had like three nights that I could work, and I had a very busy uh, schedule with pastoring, and so I wasn't able to start till late, and so I got like three, three hours each night, which was not much, but on Tuesday night, I was like, you know what? I thought, it's probably not even worth it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and work for three hours, and I'm going to make maybe 75 bucks. I might as well just stay home and get some rest, right? and prepare for this sermon. And I was like, no, 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 I need to go, because you know, three hours is better than zero. Amen? So I'm going to go. And I went, and I wasn't, uh, I wasn't like, some days I do this. Like last night, I was telling Carrie, I was like, I don't want to go drive. I want to stay home and play Fortnite, because I'm a grown man. <laughs> so, but I went, and I drove. But, so I, I went, and I drove on, t- on Tuesday, and for those three hours, and I was, just, I was thankful. As I started to leave the house, I was like, you know, thank you, Lord, that you provided this platform for me to go out and, and help make some extra money and get out of debt. And so uh, as, as I go and I drive, I made double in three hours what I would normally make. So instead of 75, I've made 150 bucks, which is like six hours of work. And I was driving home, you know, afterward, and I, was just, I just started praying out loud in the car. I was like, Lord, thank you. You, you really provided in this moment. And I didn't do anything spectacular, although my driving is good. Um, I didn't do anything spectacular. It wasn't this huge step of faith. And so I think sometimes we think to be men and women of faith, we have to do something spectacular. Sometimes the simplest thing that you need to do is just take a simple step of obedience and do what you need to do and say, God, I'm going to trust you. And if I only make 75 or if I only make 50, it doesn't matter. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to work trusting while trusting in you. And so God can, can do exceedingly abundantly above what we can think or imagine, and he can, he can make our small steps of obedience into life-transforming moments because my faith in the Lord got deeper that night. And, and we should be striving for that in our lives every day. Lord, help me to trust you more. Make my heart believe that Jesus is better, like the song we sang earlier. Our faith should be getting more and more deeper into the Lord and really reminding him. And I was reminded more that way, week, um, especially because there were other things that are going on uh, that are just outside of control. And God, throughout the week and throughout this past week as well, has been reminding me, Daniel, I'm paying attention to you. That feels good. And I want to give you an encouragement. The Lord is paying very careful attention to you as well. He knows what you're going through. He knows the things that are surrounding you. And tonight, he is offering rest to you. Trust in God's 
provision physically. Let's continue with verse 5. And again, in this passage, he said, They shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains for some to enter it. And those who formerly received the good news fail to enter because of disobedience. So there was a very real uh, a warning here that, that those who didn't really have faith were not allowed to enter into the rest. Those who were still playing the games, those who were just still stuck in the old system and they couldn't trust in what God was doing in their life, they remained and they, uh, they were trusting in their own works. And so one of the things that we can take away from this is when it comes to our salvation is that we're not to be trusting in our own work. That's a false religion. That's what Jesus came to condemn. He's like, look, this law is here to prove one thing, that you cannot fulfill it. You need someone to do that for you, and I am the one to do it. And it was so outlandish and so um, scandalous that he was, he was crucified for it. They called it blasphemy. And so we, ha- we are to trust in the Lord's work for our salvation and stop trying to, to build a spiritual resume, but trust that the bread, uh, trust in the bread of the Lord and the word of the Lord. So taking times physically to stop and say, Lord, I'm not going to work today, uh, not because I don't feel like it or because I want to play Fortnite, uh, but I'm not going to work tonight, uh, and I'm going to enter this season of rest or this, this day or this half day or whatever I'm able to do, and I'm going to rest in you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend some time listening to worship music. I'm going to, to read the scriptures. I'm going to go serve my neighbor. Uh, I'm going to do something that is acknowledging my faith in you. God physically provides for us, and he also is the one who spiritually provides for us. There's two ways to find rest, in your work and your salvation, trusting God's provision. Number three, consider the permanence of God's rest. Permanence, it's forever. Eternal rest, salvation. There is rest now for you that God is offering, and there is also rest that will be fully enjoyed, that was going to last forever. But it's not just then, it's also now. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7 through 10, we can read this. Again, God appoints a certain day today, saying through David, so long afterward, in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Verses 9 and 10 tells us that there, there remains this rest for the people of God. It's here. God is inviting us to enter his rest. But there's also this rest that is to come, the one where we'll be able to lay down our burdens forever. We won't have to worry about debt, which we don't have to worry now, but we won't have to be dealing with the consequences of debt one day when we're in heaven. And look with me in Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4. We get a glimpse of this day that we're going to have one day in a place called heaven where God is going to usher us into his kingdom in full. 
And it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. And that is so amazing if you think about it, that we're going to be living with the Lord. It won't be like now where there's a, a distance between us, but we will be like Adam and Eve in the garden where God was walking with them. And it wasn't that weird. You know, after they sinned, they knew they should hide. But it wasn't weird for them to be with the Lord. And it says, He will dwell with them, and they will be His people, and God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Amen? Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, which is the, the grieving mourning, and nor there be crying or no pain anymore, for the former things of the world have passed away. Death is going to die. Hallelujah. We also see that, that while that's fantastic for us to look forward to, this rest that while we go through difficult times here and we deal with tragedies here, and we can have rest in those. Even, they can, even though they can be crippling and, and, and discouraging, we have rest in those. But we also hold this promise of God that one day all of those problems are going to be done away with. That there's this eternal rest that we're going to enter that's permanent. So we see it in part now, but one day we're going to have it in full. And we see that too in Psalm 1611. Uh, we, we get a glimpse of God's presence now and the rest we have. That'll pop up on the screen. It says, You, Lord, make known to me the path of life. And in your presence, God, there is fullness of what? Joy. You don't look too happy. There is fullness of what? Say it with joy. Joy. I just want to shout sometimes. Joy! But then that gets too much like the movie I saw, and I don't want to reference it right now. <laughs> The fullness of joy. And I, it's something else the Lord is really doing in my life is, is realizing that too many times I allow the little, little foxes or the thieves of joy to come in and steal it away from me. And I, and I believe that's a word for some of you tonight. That in the presence of God, there is the fullness of joy. This isn't talking about heaven. This is talking about entering the presence of God even now. And as one who has faith in Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit ministers to us uh, through prayer and through the Word of God. The Holy Spirit comforts us and will help us to find this fullness of joy to where we can break free. There is this fullness of joy or abundant joy. And it says, at your right hand, go back to the verse, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We have it now, and these pleasures and abundant joy are here for forevermore, these eternal pleasures. So the permanence of our, um, our rest starts now. The ones we have now is this peace that passes understanding, where we go through the difficult things, and people look at us and like, I don't know how you're making it through this. I would be despondent and depressed if I had to go through something like this. What's getting you through this? That's the peace of God that passes understanding. It doesn't make sense to someone without that faith. It's the spirit of contentment that is found in entrusting everything to God. God, I don't have enough right now to pay the bills, or I don't have enough right now to get out of debt, but I have enough with you. And if this is my plight in life, I'm content with you. It's not that you can't do that and it's not that God doesn't want you to get out of those situations 
But if you're only going to love, listen to this, if you're only going to love God if he gets you out of something, you're not really loving God. Amen? If I'm holding something over God's head and say, if you'll do this for me, then I'll trust you. This this backwards. What we say is, God, I trust you. In the middle of this, I trust you. And I thank you for the opportunity to trust you in a situation like this. When you get content with the Lord, watch out, because God's going to start opening some doors for you, and he's going to start bringing double for some things, because now your heart is ready for him to bless. If our heart's not ready for it, if he blesses us, it's going to corrupt our hearts. And God is a good father who wants what's best for his children. Presence now and permanence now is the comfort in knowing that God is sovereign and nothing touches us that he doesn't at least allow to pass through him. So whatever we're going through, you may think, I just have trouble after trouble after trouble. I think it's really good for you to understand God knows that he can give you the strength to handle what you're going through. He's allowed it for some reason. Sovereignly. We know that God causes all things to work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So this now rest is the abundant rest, the abundant life that Jesus promised verbatim in the Gospels. That I've come to bring you joy in abundance, in life in abundance. So consider and concentrate the fact that you have rest now that's permanent and it's going to last forever. And the fourth one, that's three fingers, fourth one is this. Number four, faith leads us to progress. To progress, to go forward, to move forward, to take action. So that faith leads us to have obedience in this now moment that we have. Going to work when you don't feel like it. Going the extra mile with a boss, even though the boss disrespected you in front of other people, still showing her respect. Even though you're not being recognized for the work that you're doing here at the church, still doing it, knowing that God sees it. And I want you to know all the people that work here, we appreciate you. Obedience in the now. The question, even as a follower of Christ, whether you follow Christ or not, the question we must answer, I was going to say wrestle with, but I want you to answer it. I don't want you to just wrestle with it. I want you to answer it. What do I need to do to place my faith in Jesus today? Because whether you're in Christ and you've already trusted him and, and you're, you're forgiven and you're a Christian and you follow him, there's still ways that you need to progress in your faith. There's still action steps that you need to be taking. And so Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11 reads this. It says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So the people that came out, they they weren't allowed to enter the rest because they continued, continued, and continued to disobey the Lord. And finally there was a consequence for that. And so for us, what is God calling us to do? Today, you know, our our work persists, our labors persist, and uh, the labor of turning from the world, uh, one of the things that's most laborious is turning from the way of the world and turning to Jesus. Like turning from from the systems of the world and and the temptations of the world and uh, and turning from that, turning to Jesus is, is hard work. 
It doesn't come natural to our flesh. And I don't mean like our physical bodies, although that's part of it, but our, our natural desires is what I mean by that. That's what the scriptures talk about. But in Christ, God can change those desires. But he does that when we start taking steps of faith and saying, no, I'm not going to trust in the methods that I've used in the past to deal with my anxiety. I'm going to turn to the Lord. I'm going to deny myself and follow Jesus. You may be familiar with this already, but this is a a really helpful way for me to understand the power of sin in our lives and the power of, of the world's twisted systems that praise one thing one generation and the next generation they look back and condemn it. So there's this syndrome that's called Stockholm Syndrome. So Stockholm Syndrome was named after a, a 1973 bank robbery in Stockholm, Sweden. People were captured and, and by the time it was over the victims that were held captive started to feel allegiance and affection and and sympathy and even love for their captors. And so imagine that someone takes you captive and, and you were just bound and there's nothing you can do and you're in the basement somewhere and there's nothing you can do. And imagine how twisted, if, you, if that wasn't you, if you're looking in and you say, how could anyone fall in love with someone who kidnap them. I mean, that's horrible. That is such an injustice. That is such a, a sinful thing to do. But over time, it's, it's been shown that that tends to happen. And they call it the Stockholm Syndrome. And that's exactly what happens when it comes to us and sin. Is that sin has taken us hostage. And if we were to be removed from it and we would look back into it, we would be like, that is crazy that you would find comfort in this instead of finding comfort in the one who comes to set you free. But that's what we do with sin, is we look back and we say, well, I, I, I kind of like going back there. It's comfortable. That's, that's all I know. And so it corrupts our mind. And so... For me, when I heard that, I was like, man, all the times that I've, I've turned away from the Lord and I've, I've sought solace in, in, in pursuing the, the, you know, the vices or the, the seven deadly sins and, and finding some aspect to, to cope with life, that's what I've been doing. I've been running to my kidnappers trying to find solace. And what Jesus is saying today is if you really want to find rest, let me rescue you. And then start running to me. And let me reshape your mind. The transforming by the renewing of your mind. I mean, we have a lot of things that are, uh, Larry talked about last week, about the voices that are speaking into our lives. We have a lot of voices that are competing for attention and competing for us to listen to. And what we need to be doing more than anything to find rest in Jesus is to be putting his voice as the primary voice in our life. Lord, how is my thinking still twisted? How, How is what I am desiring to do opposite and in violation of your word and what is best for me lord reshape my mind to where i don't run to the past i don't run to the past whether it's good or bad but instead i'm progressing forward and taking steps of faith you guys know what this is 
It's a, it's a passport. So this is pretty cool. You know, you need this if you go out of the country. You need this to get back in the country. And uh, so I took this with me to McAllen, Texas, um, because McAllen, Texas is right on the border of Mexico. And I was supposed to get there at noon on Saturday, and we were potentially going to go into uh, Reynosa, I think is the name of the town, and we were going to see a uh, um, um, adoption uh, uh, home, orphanage. Thank you, Daniel, for remembering that. <laughs> Thank myself. Um, an orphanage that, that they sponsor there in, in Reynosa, and so I needed my passport to get back into the States. The thing is, though, I never went to Mexico. So, like, I had the passport with me, but we never went because we didn't make the time, didn't have the time, actually. But the point is, are you carrying around your faith like this, passport, to where God has a plan for you, and instead of taking that step of faith and, you know, doing what God wants you to do, you're not even using the gifts that he's given to you? If you want to find rest, there's steps that you need to take. And so the question for you today is, what is your next step? Maybe your, your first step needs to be stepping out and trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never done that. You need him to stamp your passport and say, I need to enter into your presence as your child. Maybe you know the Lord, but there's something that he has, uh, he has before you, a step of faith that you know you need to take, but you're just not ready to take it because you want more answers. But the Lord is telling you, I want you to take that step tonight. I want you to start trusting in me. I want you to, to do what you think is just a mundane thing of just going to work. And even when, if it's only three hours, but I want you to trust me in your acts of obedience. Instead of being angry and anxious and afraid, saying, God, I'm going to rest in the work that you've done and I'm simply going to be obedient. And finally, turning, our dis- turning from our disobedience into obedience. The Stockholm Syndrome really set in deep for me, and I hope that's something that will help you too, is that I want you to realize that every time you're tempted to turn to something other than the Lord, is there's, you're turning into this powerful force that desires to kill you. We make, we make light of who Satan is many times and like it was in the Uber last night and there was an interesting pool conversation uh, that was a lot of fun to be part of. I gave them all five stars. It was great. We rate the writers too, just so you didn't know. Let me just so you know. And uh, they were having this cool conversation and one of the women uh, said, well, where do you live? He goes, I live on the Upper West Side. She goes, oh, Nobody goes there, not even the devil. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I've never heard that before. And so, you know, that's a funny joke, and we can ha, ha, ha. But if we're not careful, that type of thinking can cause us to make light of who Satan is and what sin is. It's this captive thing that wants to kidnap you and use you for its selfish ambition. And what we need to do is stand up and say, no, not anymore. Today is the day that I am turning to Christ. I'm not running to you anymore, but I am running to the one who has entered into my brokenness and has set me free. Tonight is the night for you to take your next step and enter into the rest that Jesus is offering. Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the rest that you give to all of your people. Thank you that you hold these promises out before us and you ask us to to have the audacity to trust you, to have this faith in you of saying, yes, Lord, I believe that you have rest for me. I believe that you will provide for me. I believe that you will give financially and um, um, physically the the things that I need. You You will entrust, you will give those to me as I need them. And Lord, spiritually, you will give me all that I need for salvation because... I bring nothing to the table and you bring it all. So Lord, I pray uh, for the ways um, people are experiencing your Holy Spirit, prompting them to take their step of faith and I pray that you would fill them with a great uh, faith and and trust of knowing and, and courage that they would follow you forward knowing that as they take that step of faith, you will provide for them, that you will be with them the entire way. We bless the name of Jesus and it's through you It's through you that we ask these things. Amen.